0: Music, athletics, arts, and entertainment. The Desert Tiger Podcast with Colton Geschwatner.
1: Oh, well, hello once again, and welcome to the Desert Tiger Podcast for what is our episode six. I am your host, Colton Geschwatner, here always on Thursdays. We like to bring you interviews with artists, athletes, authors, all sorts of interesting people. And today on the show we have Bellevue out of Calgary, Alberta, who are one of the up and coming bands in the Canadian alternative music slash pop punk scene. We're very excited to get to our interview with Bellevue, but before we get to that you know we have to get to a few other things. And the first thing we have to do is thank you for tuning in to this Thursday, October 26th episode of the show. Without wasting any more of your time, let's get into our song of the day and our artist this week, which is Bellevue from Calgary, Alberta. Bellevue is comprised of... Shane Tasker and Cody McManus, the brains who also run Storm the Wall Productions. Bellevue is a newer band that has only started this year and has only actually released one single, Counting Stars, but don't let that fool you, these guys have been coming off hot off of this single and are building a lot of attention through a release that they did with Associated Press for their music video for Counting Stars. The song itself has well over 60,000 listens already, and we are going to have that for you right now, so prepare yourself for Counting Stars by Bellevue out of Calgary, Alberta. Welcome to the Desert Tiger Podcast, Bellevue slash Storm the Wall. Please introduce yourselves. Pew
2: pew pew. What's up? I'm Shane.
3: Uh, and I'm Cody.
1: So, what exactly do you guys do, like instrumentationally wise, in Bellevue? Uh,
2: I don't play. I just look great. <laughs> uh, and code? Uh I don't look very good, but I I
3: play the guitar. Um and that's yeah, Shane sings, but mainly he just looks
2: good. Thanks, man. If you're welcome. All right. All
3: right, after playing in a couple projects
1: before, um you can talk about those if you want as well. What led to the
3: creation of Bellevue? Um I think just from like being in bands through high school and uh even like touring at a smaller level in those bands, uh we realized that we weren't approaching the music industry in the right way or the scene, and uh, really, Bellevue is just a new approach to everything, a new mindset, a new way of doing things. Really,
2: totally, yeah, hundred percent.
3: Yeah, you guys have got like a lot of
1: attention so far, and that's really seems to set you apart from like coming out swinging like your previous project mm-hmm. and that I had uh, played with
3: before, and you guys just really have been coming like off that really well yeah so much of that is just the way that we like brand ourselves and market ourselves um the way we attack the internet and social media um and just like instead of looking ourselves as like back in bands like coming out swinging or my band open 24 7 we always were like oh yeah we're just we're a shitty local band mm-hmm. you know and we don't look at ourselves as like a local band anymore we're a band that plays music and we're targeting more than just the local scene.
1: Well, there's a moment when you have to kind of grow up as a musician and grow past the hobby phase and grow into the, we actually want to do this phase. And that seems to turn away a lot of people.
2: Yeah, I think that's very much exactly what happened. You know, we had played together quite a bit. We had toured together quite a bit. And once you get touring experience under the belt, it really separates the boys from the men, you know, it, it, sometimes being in a touring band is not what you're cut out for and that is okay um, everyone is satisfied in totally different ways and I think Cody and I just it proved to Cody and I that we had this this drive for something more you know we wanted to pursue music a little more seriously pursue it as a bit more of a business and uh, apply ourselves to get to where we really saw
1: you were a lot more serious than a lot of
2: more uh, just, local just, yeah, just totally, just acts that we'd worked with in the past and circles that we became uh, just a part of. You know, we we found ourselves as individuals just a little more serious about the industry. We've so. been working on this band for about
3: well over a year now, and we still haven't played a show, right? We're mm-hmm. not in a band to play a show every week, you know, mm-hmm. and just play as much as we can. Um, it's more about like focusing on our songwriting and mm-hmm. recording, and then how we market that music, how yeah. we distribute it. um
2: just the business how we operate as a business within the industry yeah and when it comes time to
3: play shows we're not going to be playing the small little shows at i don't even know just like tiny little venues right we'll be be... ready we'll be ready for (laughs) we'll be ready for the gig
1: you're gonna you're gonna come out swinging in a different way so to speak yeah I, i like it so to speak all right so where does the name bellevue originate from
2: man naming stuff is so tough so so tough um, <laughs> anyone who's tried to name a business or a project or a brand you know it is difficult to find something that maybe means something to you or maybe doesn't um that's not taken by anybody else yeah so <laughs> yeah so we real. had a real hard time um bellevue was but a word on a, a m- many a lists of things that we had come up with yeah we had know. a list of like
3: 30 names um I wanted to name our band Portland after the city in the States, but there's already a band called Portland. They're doing like all right. So you went with the city in Washington instead then? Yeah, city in Washington. (laughs) Um, That's actually how I found it. I was sitting in the shower, which I know sounds weird on the phone. It's a long story. We'll but get yeah, to that later. <laughs> Best <laughs> thinking place, we'll right? Revisit sh- sh- in shower thoughts shower. are the best place to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's more of a yeah. Anyways, but yeah, I, st- <laughs> I, I saw Bellevue, and I was like, "Yo, there's a place in I'm from Southern Alberta, from Lethbridge, and there's a place in the Crow's Nest Pass, also called Bellevue. Okay, which kind of like I, I spent a lot of time in the Crow's Nest Pass as a kid, and I was like, Bellevue. It just sounds dope. Um, in French, it means beautiful view. So like when you watch us play music, if you turn around, look the other way, you'll see that. <laughs> <laughs> or if you
2: just stare at me, it's all good. Okay. Yeah.
3: So what is your guys' writing process
2: like? Uh, usually, uh, it goes a couple of ways. Like I'll write a piano demo or like record some terrible scratched guitar on my phone. And I'll be like, "Hey Cody, you need to make this into a song." <laughs> and uh, Cody has a pretty vast engineering background, I'd say. Yeah. Um, uh, I also went to school for audio engineering, so you know our songwriting goes well that way. You know we're able to sit down and compose um, as just two members of a band. Um, but Cody, as the engineering background, as I said, I'll present him a, a skeleton, an idea, and we very much produce it. Yeah,
3: it's very interesting. We have a very like individualistic yeah. approach to it yeah. where okay. like one of us will kind of have like a vision for a song or an idea or some words and uh it's just a small small idea and as soon as we come together, we bang something out just like that and it's amazing how quickly it'll turn around. We just finished doing drums on uh some upcoming stuff and all that entire process was done together, obviously, because neither of us are, like, drummers per se. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it starts with a single idea, very individualistic, like, I don't know if that's a word. Is that a word?
2: I don't know, we'll keep using it.
3: Individualistic, <laughs> I like it's, it. It's a
1: word now. we we'll use it enough that they'll have to u- make it one. Yeah, mm. Jamie, yeah.
2: can we get a clarification? Can you look that up for us? Individualistic, thank you.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: not a word. Pretty sure it's not a word, but we'll make it one at the yeah. end of this day.
3: Word, cool. <laughs> yeah, we end up everything ends up coming together in the end, and we both work on everything side by side. So it's strange. It starts like very soloistic, and, <laughs> and it ends up being like a, a team effort by the end for sure. That's
1: a word. Hey. 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 Oh. A there, there we go. go. We have no take Oxford dictionaries, not
0: the same one. All right, we'll
2: take
1: it. Individualistic. Um, you guys just learned a new word from listening to Desert Tiger absolutely all right so you guys mentioned your engineering background mm-hmm. what how much
3: like engineering background do you actually have like what is your experience um i went to university for four years and got a degree majoring in digital audio um i mean that's not necessarily experience um but in terms of experience of uh this year alone um i've worked with artists who have put out um one full-length record a 12 track um a few eps and uh I'm really looking forward, uh, a band from Calgary is going to be putting out a single very soon. Um, us, as on the Wall, we're fortunate enough to uh, record the song, um, produce the song, and then shoot a music video for it. It's our first music video.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. And the, we're really proud of the way it turned out. It's
3: unbelievable. Mm. I I couldn't be more proud of it. Honestly, it's like I'm almost more proud than the Bellevue stuff that we worked on just because we worked so, it's almost like we're part of the band. We yeah. became the fifth so and sixth closely. members mm. of this band and uh, hmm. I'm so excited to share this with the world Well, Bellevue's kind of not doing very much right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well
1: that's good. It's good that you guys are staying active in the music scene and...
2: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a take with Storm the Wall. You know, it's it's very much staying involved in the scene and making <laughs> sure we are a part of the local market. You know, as Cody had mentioned earlier in the episode, Bellevue's Target isn't local Calgary anymore. Yeah, and that is not to say that we're not around in the scene. Um, Storm the Wall definitely gives us an outlet to work hands-on with clients within the market and um just stay within the scene stay connected keep friends really good friends that we've met in bands and played with in bands in calgary so yeah stonewall definitely gives us that outlet
1: all right i'll ask you a little bit more about storm the wall later on but keep on the Bellevue train for now. Yes, you guys mentioned sure. that you're not really drummers. So do you guys
3: use session musicians for your Bellevue stuff or um in terms of the recording process? No. No. We do it all ourselves. Okay. Um we're pretty vast in our uh, instrumentation and what we can do. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, both a bit of background, you know, like I don't I don't know. Yeah, we can we're confident in our abilities I'd say to put together the drums within the tunes as far as live stuff we haven't gotten there of course um, but of course for the music video uh we did end up obviously having to perform as a live band and so we got our friends from Alone I Walk they're from Winnipeg definitely a part of one of Colton's previous episodes so check that out um so we had the guys in Alone I Walk our good friends Frankie and Pascal Uh, They came over and really, really helped out. They are almost uh, low-key the third and fourth members of Bellevue, along with a a good friend of ours from Calgary, Braden Real. And uh, he's from a a guy we met playing in bands on the local market, you know, on the local scene. And uh, he strapped on a bass guitar and acted as a shadowy figure on, uh, Mm -hmm. I think it was stage right. The was was Yeah, it was a good time, you know. Uh, So... Absolutely, Colton. For a live performance, for something a little further down the line, um, sure. The idea would be that Cody and I will approach the music industry and hopefully be assigned session musicians to be able to tour at the level we project touring at um, until we organically find people that fit, you know, people that make sense with with Cody and I and the brand and what we do. yeah, so we, we just keep trucking this as, as two until then.
1: Well, hopefully the everything falls together and you find the pieces to the puzzle. Truth. So let's talk about that first single, Counting Stars, which is actually getting you guys a lot of attention so far. It's done really well. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, what is the meaning behind the song to you and how well has the song done? Like, you guys had it released by...
3: Alternative Press.
1: Alternative Press.
3: Yeah. Um, man... I, I, I'm shocked. I, I just checked earlier, actually. It's at 58,000 views on Facebook. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's awesome that we were able to work with Alternative Press and have them uh, premiere it worldwide. Uh, that, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Alternative Press. Woo-woo.
1: Yeah, yeah it, for it
2: set us apart from our previous releases, I would say. It set us apart from the local market. It did exactly what we wanted it to do, you know, teaming up with a brand as big as Alternative Press is recognized as Alternative Press. It was just uh, an opportunity um, for us to associate ourselves with a name that people were familiar with. And we put out the single and it turned heads. It did exactly, as I said, what we wanted it to do. So yeah,
3: and we, we knew that we'd reach like our friends and other musicians within like the Canadian scene that we've like played with, you know, yeah. you put out new music, people are going to listen to it, of course. but we wanted to attack people that we'd. Didn't know that we couldn't send a message to him, to be like, "Hey, listen to our new song." Yeah. So alternative press really helped us reach thousands of people that we would have never been able to target. Well,
1: that's good. That really helps set the bar high right off the bat, mm-hmm. and for real. Yeah, lets you guys like really come out swinging once again you <laughs> really like that oh i do i love it it's probably the last time i'll use it though no it won't. <laughs> it <laughs> it might, not. place your bets <laughs> <laughs> placing bets right now 20 bucks i'll i'll go for it <sighs> okay so how about the like the lyrical content for counting stars like does it have any
3: specific meaning to you or yeah um so as i said earlier with our songwriting process counting stars was one that uh I brought the idea to the table. Um, it's very interesting. That was actually the first song that Shane and I ever like really worked ever on together. Worked ever. On. Um, okay. Bellevue wasn't even a thing. It wasn't even in the talks. We were still playing another band, so that's super cool. Um, lyrical content behind it is uh, when 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 a girlfriend breaks up with you. Well, I guess she's no longer your girlfriend. Yeah, she's just a girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few months go by, and uh, you start like hanging out again. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and so that's kind of where the lyrics like quit playing games with me this time. I don't want to be toyed with. you know it's just like not having that closure, you know, never yeah. letting it go um and yeah, that's kind of what the, what the song has to do with. I'd have to read through the lyrics, and I could probably give you a line for line thing, but I don't know yeah, at the top it's, of my head. It's that super in depth, interesting, but. you know, uh
2: the, as Cody said, it was a very individualistic uh <laughs> process when he brought that tune to the table, you know, um, I obviously. Wasn't attached to the words in that way, Mm -hmm. and um, as the performer of, like as the as the frontman, as like the singer, the vocalist on the record of these lyrics, I really needed to try to find something, yeah, to try to convey that kind of emotion in the words, and um, feel it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think the love story is very relative i think like losing someone is something that everyone can relate to whether it's um a loved one uh or a friend in, in any manner of speaking you know like relationships come to an end you get close with people and then you drift apart and i think that's the journey that everyone goes on in life and so it's something that's super relatable
3: yeah it's sort of like off track but i find it very interesting you wrote the second verse in that mm-hmm. song and back to like our r- songwriting process yeah. is that like i wrote the lyrics throughout but then shane can jump in and like get the idea of like where i'm going with it and write a verse that's very relevant the, to the song, song i feel forget
1: and adds his own yeah feel so that he can actually grasp onto his own energy and bring it out within the song
3: exactly and it's weird
1: like i forget that
3: like you just forget who writes what Eventually, yeah, right? Yeah, it's it's just—it's just a song you listen to it enough times, and you're like, "This is just the song." But thinking back on it, it's crazy that like we can like co-write with each other, and it all makes sense in the end. You guys have a really good dynamic, which is yeah, awesome. we we a good team. Yeah, yeah, good teams. We high fives. Good team,
1: though. <laughs> yeah, we'll work on that. That was left-handed for me. Though. Okay, that's fair. all right. So, how about the video for Counting Stars? Was there anything like mm. specific you were trying to get across with it? Mm. Like, who did you work with? Like, tell me about it. A message?
2: B- any message that you thought before the video? No, I just... Like, I, I, wanna... I, I find that like
1: by showing the other members as like a silhouette, it really like tries to introduce the fans to who Definitely. you guys are that, right de- <laughs> off the start.
2: Very yeah. well done, Colton. Up top for that, man. <laughs> uh, absolutely. When we um, were thinking about the idea of the music video and Cody and I being kind of the performing figures in the music video, most of what you see in the video, and every once in a while you get this cutaway of, obviously, the fill-in sound. You hear a full band, there is a full performance going on. Uh, And every once in a while, as I said, you get this cutaway of a silhouette or a figure that fills in the rest of that band. Um, That absolutely was kind of something that we had taken into account. Um, We teamed up with an amazing videographer from here in Calgary. His name is Miguel Argon. He works out of the Hut Studios. Um, look him up. He's un- unreal. Um, shout
1: out Hut Studios. Woo-woo. Shout
2: out Hut Studios. Absolutely. He's uh, actually an old family friend of mine and uh, we hadn't spoken for quite a few years. We kind of lost touch and we reconnected over this music video so it was really really cool to get together and get involved that way um a bit more of a personal dynamic i think miguel was really on board from an early stage to get into this project with us and really team up we we honestly said to him we don't have any video background give us your thoughts and ideas you know like we weren't very picky um and he did an amazing job, you know. So good. The, the video came out. We got nothing but great, great positive feedback on his cinematography, on his work with the video. Um, yeah, he's, he's a truly talented dude. So good. I just,
3: he yeah. blew my mind when it ran so fast. We shot on like, I don't know what day of the week it was, but we shot at 11 a.m. We were done by four, and oh, we had the God. first draft back by midnight. Dude works fast, efficient, and the quality is just
2: Yeah, and even like, you know, he's super professional. Like, I remember showing up, and he showed up with a team, and they knew what piece of gear they were running for the day and what they needed to do for him. And it was just, you know, it was go, go, go. I think it took us half an hour to get the room set. And then it was performance shots until 4 o'clock, you know. Uh, we had we had guys dropping out for puke breaks. We were, <laughs> you know, it was it was just it was like boot camp. You know, the, the dude drives hard. Mm-hmm. It was super cool. Um, definitely a great experience, a great dynamic for our first music video shoot. We'll definitely go back to Miguel to work with him again.
1: Fantastic. I'm glad that you guys found somebody that you're comfortable with using and someone who could actually present the band in a Good manner.
3: Yeah, it's interesting too. He's uh, he's from a rap background, really? so he shoots a lot of like rap music videos, huh? Um, and yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. He was like, man, like I don't really work on this kind of stuff, but I really like the song. And uh, it's very interesting. Instead of having like that pop punk looking movie yeah. kind of, not movie like uh, motion, not motion jittery. I don't know. I'm gonna stop talking.
2: <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah, a very like shaky style, you know, like a very aggressive cut style. He like he just approached it with a, de- a very different way, you know, even from our very first meeting with Miguel. Yeah. We sat down with him and uh, <laughs> he we hit play on the song and obviously like there's the drum build up. And then like it comes in with the tune and the guitar riff and like Cody and I, you know, like started moving with the drums and yeah. like started moving the way that we hear the tune um, from like an alternative background and Miguel was straight with that kick drum he was like yeah you know and he was bopping his head and giving it the nasty face and he just like <laughs> fully into it from a different listener's perspective yeah. it was awesome to see and uh yeah the result I think we couldn't have asked for anything better as I said check out Miguel at the HUD Studios he's sweet all right, so before we get into Storm the
1: Wall, I need to ask you, is there anything you can tell me about the future of Bellevue?
3: Yeah, um, we're uh, just tracking uh, a few songs right now, <laughs> um, like five or so, and... Uh, just we, a couple, no big deal. Yeah, and, and they will be ready for the new year, and that's... that's what? what else can we say about it
2: yeah what I've been saying to people is Bellevue will continue to push the single we will continue to push our debut Um, we're gonna shop the products that we come up with right now we're really really proud of what we're working on Um, I can honestly say that it is some of the like most close uh, close to home material I've ever worked on Uh, it's definitely some of the most hours and like work that we've ever put into a project yeah Um, And so we don't want, like with Counting Stars, you know, we worked on the single for a year before we released it. We don't want to jump the gun with what we're working on right now. And so you will get new material very, very soon, um, but we want to make sure that it is handled in the right way. TBC. Well, on that yeah. well you
1: can't let it out too early or else you can possibly rob the fans of
3: what could the potential of the songs actually could be right yeah for real these songs man there's this one song we've been working on and we cut half of the second verse and just the other day we were playing through it and it's still so new to us without that verse we just we keep playing it and we keep messing up <laughs> so uh obviously it still like doesn't feel quite right to us but uh We're going to keep working on them and get them there. Well,
1: sometimes it takes a couple tries to get it down, right? Oh, for real. For real.
3: Yeah. All right, Shane and Cody,
1: I still have a couple more questions to ask you, mainly about what are your inspirations in life and in music, who your guilty pleasures were back in high school, your favorite artists, and we're going to ask you a little bit about the touring slash promoting slash everything, I guess, company that you do, Storm the Wall. So I'm looking very forward to that, but before we get into that, we need to get into our book suggestion of the week, which we do here every Thursday on the podcast, and this week our book is The Gilded Chain by Dave Duncan. Before we tell you a little bit about The Gilded Chain by Dave Duncan, we have to tell you about how can you... Put your books forward for a suggestion. Do you have something that you've read recently that really caught your eye and think that the Desert Tiger Podcast audience might be interested in? Or even just myself? We love getting your suggestions here, and you can send them to desert.tiger.podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at deserttigerpod. You can find us on Facebook at Desert Tiger Entertainment and you can send us a message there. Or you can tag us in your spooky Halloween costumes or DM us on Instagram at Desert Tiger Podcast. That is Desert underscore Tiger underscore podcast on Instagram. And once again, if you tag us in your costume pictures, we will give you a shout out next week on our Halloween episode next Tuesday, the 31st, or on our Thursday episode next week. That's right, we have two episodes next week. But we will get a little further into who those are going to be very soon. Okay, so, The Gilded Chain by Dave Duncan is a fantasy novel that sees young, rebellious boys being turned into a refuge called Iron Hall. This is where the boys are trained in the arts of fencing and different types of swordplay, as well as how to be a guardian and a gentleman. These young men are bound to the king, or anyone he chooses, by a magic ritual in which the individual, the ward who is being protected, runs a sword through the heart of their guardian, their blade, as it is put inside of the novel. The story revolves around Sir Durindell, who spends his time trying to become one of the greatest blades inside the school, only to be bound to a worthless ward who has absolutely no need for protection. This ends up leading a series of backdoor deals, and, and Black Witchcraft leads Durindell to having to protect his ward from his fellow blades, and the story goes on from there what is a very, very bad twist for Sir Durandell, and eventually sees him becoming one of the greatest blades of all time. I enjoy this book very much, and I hope that you will too, it is something as it is something I read back in high school and once again am reading again. I found it a very interesting read by Dave, and I think it is very well written. The character of Durandell is very well done. The description of the in the novel is very, very miraculous. It's done very, very nicely. And I hope that you enjoy The Gilded Chain by Dave Duncan. Alright, that's all we have for our book suggestion of the week this week on the Desert Tiger Podcast. So, without waiting any longer, let's get back into our interview with Bellevue. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Okay, so you guys also run Storm the Wall on your time outside of Bellevue and your other lives. So, what exactly is Storm the Wall and what are kind of services do you offer?
2: So like outside of Bellevue, I work a full-time job at Crate & Barrel, Shadow Crate & Barrel. Um, but you know, like outside of all of that, we basically try to, we try to fuel Bellevue and everything that we do, we try to, like that, the house that we live in, we try to fuel what we do with Stormwall Productions. It's something that started out on the local Calgary music scene. Um, through the trials and tribulations of everything that we have learned as artists, you know Lots of mistakes made lots of late nights and lessons learned and so I Think what storm brings to the table is just an opportunity to work with a couple of dudes that have that that aren't you know, too much Further ahead than than anyone on the local music scene, as as far as what we can offer them, you know, we can offer someone exactly what they need. Um, for a long time, we've been shooting shows for photography. We've been offering bands like local bands, photo stuff. Um, we'll shoot video here and there. As we'd said, we just worked on the biggest video project that we've worked on in a long time, um, and we're super proud of the way it's come out. You know, and I think the client is also super proud of the way it's come out uh, we do a bunch of graphic design stuff on the back end and I think some of our biggest services lie in like our audio and our touring um, that we offer to clients you know we own a touring rig we rent that out to clients we will book tours and uh, drive those tours and it basically tour manage uh, those tours and to shoot photo video and do all the things that go along with being on the road
1: um, mm-hmm. help the bands on social media, because it gives them photos and helps the fans actually feel like you're right there with them and interacting with them. Yeah, totally. Helps the I think present from themselves. Our
2: early days in touring, um, we had maybe done a couple of tours that were total write-offs in the sense that they weren't documented properly. Yeah, and they weren't handled properly, and they weren't as efficient as they could have been. And as I said before, just uh, learning from mistakes made. And uh, be, being able to uh, offer other people, you know, some of the advice that, that we may have on the industry. I know Cody is the big audio guy. I'll let you talk about that.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, with the touring and everything we do, it's just so much from what we've learned. We've been fortunate enough to do a ton as, like, young musicians prior to Bellevue. And uh, we, we learn every time we go and do something, we learn from it. And we offer our knowledge, basically, to... To the rest of the local scene um i've actually started doing the audio thing full-time through storm the wall uh, okay that's my full-time job is i oh, re- wow. record bands yeah so uh impressive fantastic yeah yeah it's a lot of fun um i'm working on a few songs for a buddy right now uh, i got a couple more projects lined up for the end of the year but uh it's so fun to be i, I love music i love creating music i really like audio engineering music so uh I just love being able to be like that fifth or that sixth member of a band almost, right? It, yeah. You never have to let the creativity die musically. Add into them and like kind of give suggestions to them. and Totally, totally. I, this one that I'm working on right now, I'm doing all the lead guitar on it. Which is oh, wow. Super cool. So I'm the lead guitar player in that band for a couple weeks. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's sick.
1: All right. So, what is some of the roster that you've worked with? Who are some of the artists on your? Oh God. I
2: think um, going back to Alone I Walk. Uh, Alone I Walk is one of the earlier Storm the Wall projects, as well as like White Chocolate Thunder. Um, one of the earlier Storm the Wall projects. You know, those are two huge ones. I think the earliest Storm the Wall project would be coming out swinging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You throw guys back, shouted him out before I did. Throwback's throw coming yeah. to come out of swing, right? Like, that's, that's what started this thing. I went to school briefly as a, to study audio engineering so that I could come out of school and we could put out a record. And we needed something to call it. So, Storm the Wall Productions was a name I'd been sitting on for a little while. Storm yeah. the Wall. I knew that Storm the Wall sounded cool. It's the got domain, a
1: very aggressive.
2: Yeah, the feel domain, to the, the and domain and is owned, and the they industry. wanted a lot of money for it. So I was like, "Ooh, that's got to be good." Um, so yeah, we, <laughs> we, 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 totally. Yeah, <laughs> so we rolled with it, man. Like, storm the wall started, and we worked with a lot of people. Um, yeah, uh,
3: every ounce. Yeah, I, Chris. they just put out a single a couple days ago. Okay, Chris Goodfellow. That's, he has a second EP coming out. I've done well. We've recorded three. I don't know if I'm allowed to say we've recorded three, but he's only released one so far. So there's so much music backlogged there. Um, another dude, actually from Calgary, his name's Tanner Sear. Yes. Okay. We're I just we put out his uh, first full-length full length album. Well, actually, it's his second length. The first one I've worked on. We put that out in September, and uh, we're going back into studio in November to work on his third, my second with him. So that that'll be a big one. That's uh any like pop music fans. What does what kind of music? Is, I yeah, don't even like know. Yeah, it's like pop rock for sure. Rock, Definitely yeah.
2: check out Tanner for sure.
3: Yeah, and WCT White Chocolate Thunder. They're yeah. uh, oh man, they're fun. Ooh, hmm. yeah, White Chocolate
2: Thunder are like some of our best friends. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. easily like some of our best friends, and in the music scene as well. You know, like we've spent a lot of time on the road with those dudes like we've grown extremely close to them too close (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and it's awesome you know um we're able to work with white chocolate thunder on pretty much most of what they do yeah um i yesterday tanner called me four times the drummer from white chocolate thunder
3: (laughs) uh not to like hey man you want to hang out but like music related stuff just mm. about shows about releases um, so yeah that just shows you the involvement that we have in their project it's mm. it's absolutely insane um, just again the like fifth and sixth member of their yeah, band like literally with them at any point, at any them, point in like, time you can
2: be sitting there and you'll get like a little guitar demo the same way I'd send Cody a Bellevue demo yeah. you know like I'll quickly get one of theirs you know so yeah. it is it's really really interesting like a, what do you think about this you know um, so it really is that fifth and sixth member of the band that that second set of eyes it's it's really fun well that's it
1: and having someone with a little bit of an audio engineering background to Mm. give you a
3: background check on your material also helps for sure totally totally yeah um yeah we finally started working with them and with their audio okay and uh it's 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 gonna be good when it yeah. finally hits the market.
2: Their single, it, their first single through Stormwall Productions, is about to come out, and it's a long time coming. We've been looking to release audio with uh, Wetalka Thunder for a long time, so y'all get stoked about this. It's gonna be big. It's gonna be really really Actually, good. Actually, yeah, I believe
3: with the day that this podcast should go live, I think they would have just announced the single two days ago. Okay. So. Um, Yeah, I think think October 24th is the announcement date, so hopefully that has happened and we ain't just dropping some
1: stuff. Hopefully (laughs) we are co-aligning this very well then. Yeah. Alright, you guys have mentioned that you've been on the road with quite a few bands and also by yourselves. Do you guys have any road stories you could possibly
3: share with us? Oh man, the road is tolling. You forget everything that happens almost instantaneously. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we've been fortunate the past two years to go out to Electric Love Music Festival. Shout out to Electric Love. Love those guys myself too. Yeah, mm. so awesome. Um, I, we, Yeah, the past two summers we've toured out there. Had a blast. We've been fortunate enough to stay there like all weekend and see all the crazy bands. Um, just so far out of like our genre. So it's... Cool to experience a festival totally different. I think
1: I actually borrowed your bass rig. That had Electric happened. Love. That 100% happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. totally did, because oh, wow. mine was falling apart.
3: I <gasps> forgot about that. Yeah, that's where we would have first met, actually. That is exactly where, where
1: we first met. Problems. Holy, shout out to Electric Love for making this connection happen. Yeah, for bring,
2: cool. bringing people together. Bringing yeah, yeah, people together and in the best way. That's one way. of the coolest things about um, not necessarily just electric love but touring and being on the road in general I think it's super cool to be outside of your immediate network and meet like-minded people and make friends and have all these experiences to bring home with you Um, because it's something that people that are on the road maybe take for granted or maybe forget about but that's so outside of the day-to-day it's so outside of what everybody else sees um when you're just working at home. You yeah. know, like working your seven day work week or whatever it is, you know, um, being on the road and taking all that experience and bringing it home, uh, even just having that experience is so valuable. So I think I love the road. Well, yeah. Meeting I new really people
3: too and getting experiences from them. Meeting new people. My hands down best tour moment was uh, the first day, the first tour we ever booked, the coming out swinging tour, the first night um, we drove all the way to Winnipeg. Um, and we lost lights on our trailer, they came disconnected, and we rolled into Winnipeg at 2 a.m. And it was cold, there were mosquitoes everywhere. And I got what? out of the van and I met this beautiful man. His name's Pascal. <laughs> uh, he plays in a band called Alone I Walk. <laughs> and immediately he's like, Oh, let me go get my tools. And we laid under the van for 45 minutes, fixed the lights, went inside. He said, Hey man, you want a beer? I said we're best friends. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Yeah,
2: you guys met under the van that met night. Met under the really, van really... that night.
3: And literally, we've become best friends. It's amazing. I, I was fortunate enough to tour with them back in April with Alone I Walk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hopefully, some big stuff to come with us.
2: Yes. And them. Absolutely. Was- Touring with them again in the future from some very, very big stuff there.
1: They yeah, actually uh, mentioned that you might also
3: be a part of an upcoming secret. Yeah, yeah, we're working on a secret together. Um, I mean, with all secrets, hopefully they work. Hopefully. <laughs> That's why they're still <laughs> secrets, is because nothing's confirmed. But, Absolutely. Uh, pending confirmation, it'll be sick.
1: Yeah. I hope so. I really look at, am looking forward to that myself. And... Tight. Love yeah. the Alone I Walk guys. Mm-hmm. They gave me a great interview and let me crash at their place back when I was in Winnipeg. So whoop whoop, Alone I Walk. How
3: beautiful is their place? Oh my! God.
2: Yeah, it's like a little piece of paradise, right? Oh my it's just like,
1: right off in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, in the middle of
2: nowhere, you just would never paradise. expect it, but my god. Just
1: a paradise mm. with a llama and, like, the friendliest See, we didn't dog get ever.
2: See, I didn't get the llama. Did, have you met their llama? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's
1: cool. I haven't been there recently. Oh, the, oh, the donkey. donkey yeah, yeah, it's a donkey. That's what it is. But yeah, still, the donkey's so cool. B- beautiful.
2: <laughs> the little lake they got. Oh, yeah, the they got beach. their own little beach there. It's like. cool. Yeah, if y'all are ever through Winnipeg, hit up Frankie and Pascal. Go hang out with them. They are beautiful people. Their family is beautiful.
3: Let Mama Corsell cook for you, my goodness. I didn't get that opportunity, unfortunately.
2: Oh,
3: she's good. She's good.
1: Maybe next time I'm through Winnipeg, I might have to ask for a hookup on that one. There we go. So being on the road a lot, you usually need comfort items, right? So, mm-hmm. what is your tour
2: mm-hmm. must-have? Coffee and energy drinks. <laughs> yeah. Like, is that what you were gonna say? No, oh, no. Oh, wow. yeah, that's my thing. Is like, I Cody drives, I co-pilot. I do, I don't drive. Okay. I'm. He's a legend for doing it all, but uh, to stay awake in the passenger seat of a vehicle for a long time takes two things lots of caffeine and lots of music and so <laughs> oh
3: it's so much probably the biggest comfort item is music you'll realize if you do like an east coast tour and you live in the west coast you'll realize halfway out to the east coast you're out of music
2: Yeah (laughs) Like it's amazing Like diversify Listen to some other shit Uh, y'all You guys gotta have a bank of songs To fall back on on tour for sure
1: You thought two days worth of music Was enough on your iPod and
2: (laughs) And you know it's so neat You like You hand around the aux cord And you like
3: you get to know somebody <laughs> through the aux cord.
2: It's it's like you get you gotta
3: know what kind of music
1: they listen to totally. and like where their influences come from. Yeah,
0: you
2: from ever for sitting? Sure. Uh, well, I don't know. I take the train a lot around Calgary. Shout out public transit. Public and transit. And you ever sitting on the train and like I'm the dude that sits on the train and is like bopping, like drumming. I even like I sing a lot of harmonies out loud. Thank you to anyone who stopped me and told me I have a nice voice. You mean the world. Um, but I think like it's always cool you're sitting there and you're like I wonder what they're listening to or like I wonder what that person over there is listening to and like you hand around the oxcord on tour yeah. and it's like this is what they were listening to? You know, like, oh my god, you have no idea. Until someone plugs their phone in and hits play, what people, you know, like what people are tuned into. It's really, oh, really exactly. cool.
1: Exactly, like you're touring in a pop-punk band and you hand someone the chord and suddenly they're playing Florence Welsh. And
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you're listening to like the Beach Boys, you know? It's like you never know what someone's just got on their iPod ready, to, <laughs> ready oh, for a good time. Or when, you know? when
3: we toured with Mostly Wanted and uh, what was that CD they had stuck in that van that would not come out that that's all we listened to? Um, Oh my god, oh, Vanga Boys. Yeah. They,
2: like, oh they only had the Vanga Boys <laughs> album in this van.
3: What
1: else do you need? And so like
2: for a lot of the time we drive with like the like the tunes off. We just drive and keep each other company and hang out and every once in a while it'd be like, Kate, hey, music? Yep. You know, and it was just like every time it was the only music in this van, you know, but it is, it's really fun.
0: It was Uh, sick. We
3: were fortunate enough to also be touring with White Chocolate Thunder, who was just an absolute riot 100% of the time, and there (laughs) were crazy dance parties. Um, I think there's a video on the internet somewhere of us in Vancouver. We played the Roxy, and there's just a big circle of dancing to... Yeah, they were like, as if we
2: haven't listened to it enough, (laughs) and they turned on the van in the parking lot and cranked it, and we're all, like, dancing and stuff. They, yeah, riot 100% of the time. (laughs) Parking
1: lot parties, where it's at. Okay, so when did you guys
3: start playing music? Mm, I, my parents bought me an acoustic guitar when I was 10 years old, and I started doing lessons around that time, too, so I'd say that's when I officially started playing music. Okay first time I owned an
2: instrument yeah I will never forgive myself for quitting piano lessons but shout out to my (laughs) mother and father for like forcing me to bike up the hill every Monday night when I was a kid to go to Susanna's house and learn to play the piano you know uh so when I was when I was young I was it was maybe like I was like 10 right around when Cody started playing as well um I was also like competing in musical theater at the time um and doing like royal conservatory vocal training as well so a little bit of background yeah right around that age like 10 11 12 um and it all just kind of came from there man awesome awesome so
1: who were your idols growing up who were your
3: inspirations who did you gush over um I remember being, like, probably, like, 8 to 12 years old, and all I listened to was, like, pop punk of, like, those times. So, I owned, like, every Green Day CD. Nice. Um, I was super into Sum 41. Um, Blink-182, who eventually became, like, my favorite band for a long time. I wasn't, like, crazy into them, but I, like, listened to them. I didn't, like, dislike them. I remember in grade three, my buddy called me up uh, before I owned the internet, and, uh, well, you don't own the internet, but, like, you know, you have internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw that look. You're like, shut up. Um, and, yeah, my buddy came
2: up. I own he's the like, internet. That'd be, can you own the Technically internet? Technically, Shaw, so my boy Shaw, owns the internet, so you're going to have to take that up with him. Okay, yeah, I'll give him a call.
3: <laughs> shut up, Shaw. But, yeah, my buddy gave me a call. and he was like, dude, you got to check out much music. Blink-182's new song, Miss You. Their music videos just came out. So I was super into, like, that style of music, and, like, nothing has really changed. I'd never say I had, like... An idol, per se, but it was definitely like those bands. Mm,
2: Yeah, I don't know. I've listened to... My mother is as eccentric as I am. So when I was growing up, I listened to Everything Under the Sun, you know, very heavily influenced by Motown uh, big R&B background for myself. You know, if you have my girlfriend on Snapchat, you have probably gotten a video of me singing some Chris Brown or some something like that. You know, uh, huge R&B background in my corner. Uh, of course, uh, growing up, I always loved bands like Kiss, bands that could rock out and put on a show. And um, I was actually fortunate enough to see Kiss live. Oh, what? And, uh, nice. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Allison and I went down for our first warp Tour to the White River Amphitheater in Auburn and the day after KISS just happened to be playing the White River Amphitheater so we bought like tickets up on the grassy knoll at the very top of the amphitheater and we sat on the back end now I say the back end like the opposite end of our end the back end of the Rocky Mountains and watched the sunset on the Rockies while KISS played on this stage like shot fireworks into the crowd and stuff it was super cool um So a whole bunch of influences for me, man, Uh, all over the place, for sure.
3: I grew up a huge Metallica fan. My dad loved Metallica, and I was super young, just bumping Metallica all the time.
1: Nice. My dad also had me going on the same
2: thing. That explains your vocal range. Does it? Right down there. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) No, not
3: really. Shane just makes fun of me because I can't sing as high as him. A lot of people
0: can, so I can't
1: No, nobody can. It's (laughs) stupid. I
3: can't blame you there. So, what are you
1: guys' interests outside of music?
0: Mm,
2: Coffee and video games. And my family. Uh, I spend a lot of time drinking coffee, uh, playing video games, Overwatch mostly right now. Uh, If you play Xbox, add me up. Xbox One? Shano, S-H-A-N-O-J-T. Shano, J-T. Let me beat your ass at Overwatch, girl. Um... And uh, yeah, my family. I spend a lot of time with my family. Um, I love them dearly. That that's my thing.
3: Yeah, mine's not as cool. I uh, I spend a lot of time doing sitting on my computer, playing guitar for bands and working on their music. <laughs> um, I've been watching The Office lately. That's sick. I just, I never watched The Office before. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's so good. Yeah. I need to get laugh into into that laugh track?
2: Do they have a laugh track on that?
3: No. Oh, no. tight. No. That's all right. No laugh track. That's what makes it mmm. Mm-hmm. You, know, you I can laugh at your own that. jokes, you know? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm a grown man. I can laugh at
3: my own jokes. <laughs> <laughs> what else was I going to say? There was something else you were mentioning. Oh, I've been watching football lately. Oh, wow. Nice. Super weird. I, well, I played football in high school. You wouldn't think by looking at me. But, uh, yeah, I started watching football lately. I just put it on while I'm, like, working on shit. It's, uh, it's just something to, like, take a break. I get sore on my computer for hours. Yeah, for sure. So it'll, and I don't eat, so it'll remind me, hey, just watch football for 15 minutes. Yeah, he has some computer. crazy,
2: like, bondage shoulder brace that, like, keeps his shoulders sprawled out that <laughs> if you just, like, barge in here unannounced, you'll catch him, like, in this crazy bondage <laughs> shoulder brace. He'll be like, hello! <laughs> you know, hello. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> wacky. Uh, <laughs> it's not, that. hello, I got to see the sex show. <laughs>
3: Okay, well now
1: all the secrets are. Out. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we know that you got that you like to dress up in leather now, and we know that Halloween. <laughs> we know Halloween that Halloween is, is coming up pretty soon. So, what were your best costumes when you were a child, oh, and did you have yo, any awesome costumes this. when you were
3: a adult? Oh. Costumes,
2: costumes. Man. Okay, I
3: got a real good one. Um, when I was 17, so that's pretty late to go trick or treating.
2: Yeah. I, I trick. course. I went trick or
3: treating. Mm. I was in grade 12, and uh, it was super cold, because we live in Canada, so that sucks, but Canada's pretty dope. But it's cold during Halloween, and uh, I went as a snowboarder, so I wore my winter jacket and a toque. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was in high school, I probably shouldn't have went. Um, I ended up going to like, so trick-or-treating, there was like these, this girl's house, or these girls were there, I don't know whose house it was, and uh, they gave us like a thing, a tin foil and a potato. And some other stuff. And I was like, this is lame. But my buddy who I was with, he's 18, he had a potato gun in his car. Like, shoots <laughs> potatoes. So he's like, yo, do you have more potatoes? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. They're like, okay, we'll be back in 15 minutes. So we went and drove back to their house with the potato gun. And uh, launched potatoes off their deck. And that was a pretty good Halloween. And I went as a snowboarder because... That was the easiest costume I could Because it was warm. <laughs> because it was warm. And I got candy. I have a strange obsession with candy. It's not strange. Oh, hey. I, I, just,
1: I went trick-or-treating in, like, every high school year, so I don't blame you at all. Nice, because candy is where it's at. For
3: real.
0: For real.
2: You know what? I absolutely love Halloween. I don't have any crazy, like, Halloween costumes. Uh... I guess I got a shout out to my girlfriend on this one. A couple of years back when that Maleficent movie came out with Angelina Jolie. Yeah. So like, Allison does this bomb Maleficent costume. Like it's crazy. It's scary good. It's like little Filipino Maleficent going (laughs) on. It's tight. And like, so one year I was also a Maleficent, like a boy more fairy, I guess you could say. And it was pretty cool, you know. Mm. Like I had the horns, and like we did my face makeup, some yeah. nice contour. So I had the cheek. It was gr- it was a cool. We were like a badass little couple of more fairies. We went to a show.
1: Pretty. Oh, that's neat. pretty wicked. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Awesome. Do you guys have any other good Halloween
3: stories or? Mm. <sighs> not okay. Not yeah, sure. I got one more. I was in a. Uh, I was in grade eight. I was trick or treating with some buddies, and. Uh, my parents also really like candy, and so they, like, my dad would be like, yeah, here, like, bring your stuff back, go out, get more, and he keeps sending me, like, <laughs> oh, he'd wow. help me strategize. I'd go trick-or-treating for, like, four or five hours. Um, it, was, it was insane. I remember having candy till like, February. But anyways, so one time I was out trick-or-treating, me and some buddies, and uh, these guys were, like, having a party, um, and so they didn't have candy, but they gave us a beer, hmm. and I was like, oh, what the fuck. So I, like, go home, and I drop off, like, my candy bag, And then my parents go through it because they love candy. And I got in trouble because I had a beer. (laughs) I was like, this guy gave me a beer. And they didn't believe me, which I couldn't believe. Well, where else else were you going to get it, bro? I didn't lie to my parents. I don't know (laughs) what that was all about. So that was cool, but also kind of lame. I didn't get in
0: trouble.
3: Dad, you're not broke enough to drink Calgary beer.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. Alright, um, I think that's pretty much all I
3: have for you guys today, so Sick. thank you for joining us. I on... just forgot, I also really like to play pool, that's a oh. good pastime of mine, oh, nice. Nice. so if nice. anybody like wants to duel me, I'm so down.
1: If anyone wants to get sharked while well, Storm of the Wall or Bellevue is kicking around your town, yeah. give, them, if give Cody tour, a shout. Hit me up, I would love to
3: go play some pool
1: really quick. He'll I'm shark like you for a little bit of your money, and if you win his, he'll try and sell you some merch. Oh yeah, That's real. a good deal. <laughs> That's a really good deal. <laughs> wow,
2: thank you Colton. Why? Shout out Desert Tiger for giving us great merchandising strategies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, hopefully they work out for you guys. Thank you very much for joining me Yo, on the podcast Yo, a handshake. Today. You can't see yeah. this, but we're shaking Thanks. hands. Shaking hands like professionals will give you high fives too. I thought you can hear that one. Oh, better than before. Fantastic. As you can no doubt tell, there was more than enough... High fives and handshakes going around for everybody involved, so huge shout out to Shane and Cody of Bellevue and Storm the Wall Productions for joining us here on the podcast this Thursday the 26th of October. We hope you enjoyed the episode as well, and if you did, please feel free to rate and review us on iTunes. You can also find us on Google Play Music and on the Stitcher app, which you can download on your phone. Nice and easy, lemon squeezy. So there you go. You can also find us on Facebook at Desert Tiger Entertainment. You can find us on Twitter at Desert Tiger Pod. And you can find us on Instagram at Desert underscore Tiger underscore podcast. You can also email us here at the podcast at Desert dot tiger dot podcast at gmail.com with either your song of the day suggestions that is sending in a description of your band and a link to your song and if i enjoy it we'll throw you on one of the shows in which we do not have a musical guest or you can send us your book suggestions so that we can give them to the fellow listeners of the desert tiger podcast I want to thank everybody for tuning in today on Thursday, October the 26th. I hope you had a fantastic time listening to the show, and I hope you have an even better weekend. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you have a good week up until next Tuesday where we have Noah Picton, quarterback of the University of Regina Rams.
0: The Desert Tiger Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review itunes google play music and stitcher follow us on facebook twitter instagram thanks for listening